everybody! Hi guys, well from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, uh, we're going to talk about the shooting in Atlanta and the shooter uh, and how he's a big old believer and what that means. Yeah, I think uh, I think we got a lot to say about about what what all that means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently, I don't have a lot to say about it right now, but <laughs> later I'll figure out some things, some words to add to that yeah, conversation. No, that's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. In fact, yeah. um, but first, Dan, yes, we <laughs> so we've brought up this guy before. Um, is uh, the president of Tanzania, uh, John Pombi uh, Magufuli. Um, Perfect. Nailed it. And actually, I said he is the president of Tanzania. No, he was the president of Tanzania. He's the the big old COVID skeptic who about two weeks ago disappeared from the public's eye. Right. Couldn't be found anywhere. And everybody starts speculating and the rumors start going around that he had caught the coronavirus right and he's now dead oh at the age of 61 oh that's um, young yeah um and while it is not confirmed that it was covid because the government is uh uh you know the people who surrounded him are all um saying that it was a heart condition right he's died of a heart condition yeah that was exacerbated by COVID-19. Right. Right. Heart conditions um, don't do well when also your everything else doesn't work. Right. And I guess if you don't believe in COVID-19, then it didn't kill you. Right. When some <laughs> right. part, some system in your body shuts down. Right. Um, and, but this, this, the reason I want to bring this up, um, and I don't want to get into the habit of being sort of happy when certain people die. But COVID has completely changed my perspective on this. And (laughs) I think that if you, especially as the leader of a nation, if you spend your time... Now, now, Tanzan, he's not just a denier. Let's back up on this. They did not do a lockdown of any kind, right? Right. And he's such of a skeptic. Because if you want... Okay, so you don't want to do a lockdown because you don't want to, like, harm your economy. Okay. It's kind of an amoral stance to take, but... You could but, make that but argument. But you know, you you're at least admitting the you, bullshit you're admitting stance what you're, you're taking, doing, right? You're you're, you're saying, saying I'm going to trade lives for money, and exactly. that's that's what I that's my intention, right? But when you add on to it the fact that he had made fun of the the Tanzania's coronavirus testing facilities. Um, saying that he had secretly sent samples of papaya and goat, and that they'd come out positive. For the virus, um, <laughs> which I mean, who knows? Maybe they did. Maybe they were. I don't know. But um, highly unlikely that he actually did that. Right. Hello. Um, because he also never provided proof of his right. claim. Because why? Why do you need proof? Um, and uh, and that he he used this as a warning, of course, to um, others that the 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 results that people were getting. Uh, we're probably just false positives. Right? I mean, basically, you're probably a papaya. <laughs> he That's also um, 
um, is responsible for um, the fact that the country stopped giving out coronavirus figures um, in May of last year. Right. So their official tally is that 509 people have uh, were con- have contracted the virus and 29 people have died. That's still their See, official number. This is what Trump was talking about. If you don't do the tests, then you don't have the numbers the, yeah. and you're winning. Yeah. Um, and so I bring it up. Like when I saw this headline, I was just like, good. Yeah. Fucking good. It's about Honestly. time. They got, I'm jealous, right? Tanzania got what we were deprived because Trump should have died. The the uh, the the ironic death of their of their horrible leader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we needed that. It's true. All oh, right. Oh, what a boon that would have been. <laughs> oh man, we've become dark, dark people. <laughs> it's fine. It's amazing what a year of isolation will do. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, okay. So I'm gonna take us to uh, the Washington D.C. area. Oh. Which is home of Georgetown University, uh, which is, I didn't realize, is, I knew it was a private university. I did not realize it's a Jesuit university. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't uh, know specifically Jesuit, but I knew there was a, a Catholic connection. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing that I didn't know about uh, that institution. They once were able to save themselves from certain financial ruin through a single act what? of just selling a bunch of assets. Uh, this <laughs> happened back in the 1800s. Okay. And, uh, and they were on the brink. And apparently these, the sale of 272 slaves that they owned oh. saved them. Oh. Well, as it turns out, there's a lot of people who think that's not very cool. Yeah. Uh, that either that they owned slaves or that they sold them in order to, and they sold them down into Louisiana. So I'm guessing things didn't work out any better for the oh, slaves uh, having to go down to Louisiana. So uh, this is a story that actually has like a shred of hope to it, maybe? Question oh. mark for me. Okay. Because what happened was a group got together, a group of the descendants of these 272 enslaved people. Right. Uh, and got together and they called themselves the, uh, the Descendants Truth and Reconciliation Foundation. And they got together with Georgetown and they said, hey, do something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. make this right in some way. Find a way. Hmm. Well, uh, the Society of Jesus, which is, I think, what the Jesuits call themselves, <laughs> has announced plans to raise $100 million for the descendants of these enslaved oh. people. There are approximately 10,000 descendants uh, who uh, stand to benefit in some way from, uh, from this fundraising plan. I don't know how they're planning on doing it, huh. uh, but... They actually, that's just the first goal. The stretch goal is to raise a billion dollars. Jesus. So. Wow. At least they're talking the talk. I, you know, it remains to be seen how much of that walk they're going to walk. But, uh, but 
I think that's a really interesting uh, precedent to set. Uh, it's not the first time this has happened. Uh, you know, actually, several Episcopal churches in Maryland huh. committed hundreds of thousands of dollars to reparations uh, and racial justice campaigns. Um, back in August of last year, apparently Middle Collegiate Church in New, in New York pledged $200,000, which is about a tenth of its budget, um, for to provide housing assistance and youth anti-racism training, which wow. I think all of that's great. But, uh, you know, I think $100 million goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. That's remarkable. So it's an interesting like church does something wrong, raise yeah. money to fix it. It, it. I don't know that it would work for, you know, Father O'Leary or whoever, you know, fondled some kids. Right. right. Um, but this is great. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I what my first thought seeing this was, well, how are they going to afford that with all of the money they have to pay up for the Father Leary thing? For the Father O'Leary. Like, like every diocese, every every Catholic organization on the planet is just hemorrhaging money because, because of scandals with uh, with pedophilia. But <laughs> apparently they've got like, they apparently they feel confident they can raise money for other scandals as well. Uh, everybody help us out. Father O'Leary touched another one. Right? <laughs> Give extra on the collection plate this week. It's a, it's a weird I, I thing. I don't think but, it would work. <laughs> but I do. But I do. Be I mean, I love the approach. idea that they're that they're even talking about it. So yeah, uh, no, I this is I think it's astounding. Um, I was looking for something funny, and there really wasn't anything. That's yeah, why. it's kind of just good. <laughs> it's just good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Wow. So uh, well, Dan, go. yeah. Oh God, we have some serious assholes in the uh, in Congress right now, Dan. <laughs> really? If you didn't know this, I, I, you know, you heard it here first, everybody. I know there nobody's ever said it before in Congress. So, um, but there are 12 specific Republican members of Congress, the House of Representatives specifically, um, who have opposed th this uh, the con giving congressional gold medals for the police who protected them on January 6th <laughs> during the insurrection and the attack on the Capitol. Wow. Um, now... God, the reasons being, um, oh, and of course they've got good reasons. Thank God. Oh, they're, I'm they're so glad that you're about to tell me about the good reasons <laughs> that they have for opposing this. Cause at first I was going to think, wow, they're being just dicks, but I'm glad that there are reasons. So good. Hit me. No, they're they're And they're really well thought out reasons. Sure. 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 Um, for one, uh, so this is, let me list who these people are first. Hmm. I want. I actually want to name their names. Um, there are, like I said, twelve of them. There's Andy Biggs of Arizona, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, Andy Harris of Maryland, Lance Gooden of Texas, uh, Matt Gates of Florida. Oh, he's Marjorie, a peach. Marjorie Taylor Green, of course, of, of course, Georgia. she would be in there. Uh, Louis Gomer, or Gomer, or whatever, yeah. from Texas. Michael Cloud, Texas. Uh, Andrew S. Clyde, Georgia, Greg Stube or Stubey, maybe Florida, 
Bob Good from Virginia, and John Rose from Tennessee. So if I I'm I feel for you. If this, I'm, I may have I mean, missed it. Were, shit. were any of those above the Mason Dixon line? Uh, no. <laughs> there was an Arizona though. Well, that's which, still yeah, yeah, but not in the same sort of historical context of true the the rest but, of those places. But, yeah, I mean, but it, it's it's it, no surprise that the vast majority of them are Southerners. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. go on with what you're saying. They have good reasons. Let's do they it. Have good reasons. Woo-hoo. Um, so. They, um, what they're objecting to is the use of the term insurrectionists oh. in the resolution. Oh, yes. Um, and this is Gates. He <laughs> says, we ha- why, why aren't they just say, using the correct word, which is patriots? <laughs> he says, we had to combine it with these editorial comments about the January 6th sequence of events. And then we had to log roll it with this exhibit at the Smithsonian. Um, and that was a little much for me. Um, others in the group object to the word temple in the resolution. Instead of simply being about honoring the Capitol Police, uh, this is uh, Representative Cloud, uh, the Capitol Police who bravely protected the Capitol on January 6th, Speaker Pelosi included damaging language that unnecessarily weighs down the bill. The, the text refers to the Capitol as a, the temple of democracy. Simply put, it's not a temple. <laughs> okay. And Congress should not refer to it as one. The wow. federal government is not a god. They, wow. You know what? I'm finding common cause. I'm suddenly there with you. <laughs> no. You're right. Let's. I'm so glad that you're on board with the idea of making sure that we keep religion out of government. What a great idea. I think that's brilliant. Yes. The government's not religious. It's secular. Well done. Oh, I know. How do they not see that? How do they not see that that's the argument that he's making? Uh, It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, Let's see. Uh, Massey also offered uh, or also opposed the use of the word temple saying that it was quote a little too sacrilegious for me (laughs) so i don't think it's what you're saying right they're not saying let's keep religion out of it they're saying let's not solely religion by bringing uh government into i get realm of religion what i'm saying is it's like you're right fucking correct Let's put a let's you know what we let's should put do. Put a wall up. Let's yeah. just put let's just erect a wall of separation between church and state, and we'll just leave that there. And then you don't have to worry about. And then these you things. don't have to worry, and we don't have to worry. That yeah. serves everybody. But then also, Uh-oh. simply put, don't, don't just do it also. the fact. No, I'm making a point here. Oh, okay. Just the fact that they're responding to the use of the word temple. When they're not saying that it's like a temple dedicated to, you know, some god or something, they're literally saying it's a temple of democracy. They're being figurative. They're yeah. being that's poetic, a standard right? figurative statement. Yes, and it's like nobody is like doing, you know, religious rites in here, right? right. Toward this federal government god that you're trying like. Fuck off, right? Like, yeah, exactly. So... Nobody's nobody's saying that. Nobody Ugh. thinks anybody's saying that. You're just trying to find something to make hay about. 
Yeah. And attach Pelosi's name to it. Yeah. Well, anyway, lest anybody worry, the resolution passed, um, what was it? 400 and however many to 12. 413 yeah. to 12. So these were the only people. But these are, I mean, this 12 is bad. This is, gotta these be are bad sp- people to be in government. The, the, you they gotta are be a, a special to kind of dickhead. Yeah. To not, to, to like not want to give medals to the guys that risked their lives. Yeah. For you specifically. Yeah. And you're going to oppose it because of some dumb technicality. That's just fucking stupid. Yeah. It's and it's. Ugh. Yeah. Pretty anyway. gross. Yep. Pretty. I mean, you can actually say all of those things and still vote for it. You yeah. can actually yeah. raise all of those objections and yeah. then be like, but yeah, I'll, I'll still vote for it. Of course. Because of I'm course a decent human being. Right? right. I will. I, of course we, we, we bestow this honor. Yeah. Yeah. Just insane. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to harp on, I, you know, I said something nice about some Catholics earlier and I really don't like the way that tastes in my mouth. So I'm going to (laughs) shit on them now a little bit. Uh, And this is the big dogs. This is the Vatican, uh, which is a weird, it's weird that the Vatican, which as people know, is a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not a person. No. The Vatican is an institution and or a place. Right. Or it, you can call it a country. You can call it a city. It's many things. But none of those things are a person. Mm. But they released, but the Vatican released a, uh, a statement about LGBTQ uh, marriages specifically. Oh. Now, Pope Francis. Seems about has, time, uh, actually, Dan, that they finally... That they, yeah, address this issue. Well, you know, they've actually had a lot of, uh, they've, they've had a, a sort of task force working on this issue. Oh, really? Uh, they've had, which, you know, which has had a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, of back and forth. Mm. And of course, Pope Francis has said a lot of nice sounding mm. things yeah. about gay people. Right and 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 has sort of tried to soften the church's the the church's stance. So, uh, what was one of the questions that was being asked uh, of the church is, look, you don't want to marry gay people, okay, but could you bless their union? Oh, okay, all right. Now that's a different thing. That's that that doesn't necessarily mean that you know it's that it's about. Uh, being okay with gay marriage or whatever. It's just, there's two people. They, for whatever reason, still care what the fucking Catholic church thinks of them, (laughs) even though they're gay. Mm -hmm. And they just want a blessing. Mm. Well, the Vatican has, uh, has come out with their statement. Uh, No, (laughs) no, no, no. We, uh, they are decidedly not going to uh, bless gay unions i am shocked shocking i'm i cannot believe this right i I should have prepared you better (laughs) are you sitting down (laughs) such a progressive organization (laughs) we were all expecting it to go the other direction how how could this have happened right (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. So apparently they basically the uh, the the Vatican has said that, quote, since blessings on persons are on persons are in a relationship with the sacraments, that is, the blessings are in a relationship with the sacraments, mm. the blessing of homosexual unions cannot be considered licit. It's not licit. No, it's illicit. <laughs> They said that, uh, that to bless a same-sex couple would, quote, constitute a certain imitation or analog of the nuptial blessing. Mm. And that's just not acceptable. Mm. Mm. Well, so, not. you know, there were there were some uh, there were some bishops, some priests that heartily disagreed with this. Oh, really? Uh, one Belgian bishop lashed out at, at the Catholic Church. Really? said he felt shame for his church. He was shocked. Yeah. He was I think <clears throat> he was on he was part of the Vatican the 2015 Synod on Marriage and Family. Oh, okay. So he was in the room trying to trying to make things good things happen in the church and uh yeah, he <sighs> he was not able to make that happen. So God. So uh, if you feel bad all of you gay Catholics listening to this program, just understand that some dude in Belgium wants to apologize. <laughs> so that's nice. Well, I mean, the Bishop of Antwerp. Nice. Oh, Antwerp. Antwerp's a nice town. Oh, oh yeah. I, I hear it's beautiful there. All right, Dan. Yeah. I'm going to bring us back to our, our lovely Deseret, or Utah. Oh, here, here in Utah. <laughs> Land of the honeybee. Yes, where the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, I thought you'd you always cue in with the Mormon. <laughs> Sorry, the Mormon. I was I was late. I apologize. I was I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys know where that's from, right? You guys, know, I, I many of our listeners probably, oh, probably don't, don't remember no. the the television commercials. Yeah. That were that were kind of ubiquitous for a while. Yeah. That was like this message is from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, the Mormons. <laughs> yeah, they had that jaunty little, mm. you know, the Mormons. The it was Mormons. it was a, a delightful. That was back when they weren't like, don't say Mormons, right? Um, They're mad about it now. So, if anybody, if any of our listeners have been in downtown Salt Lake City recently, uh, you might have noticed that the uh, the the famous actually. Uh, Salt Lake City Temple um, is undergoing uh, renovation and for like seismic upgrades and whatnot. Like they've yeah. dug an amazing pit around this this 1890s building, whatever it is. Well, and under they dug out yeah. from under, and they are retrofitting it. It's going to be like floating in case of an earthquake or whatever. It's where I want to be if there's an earthquake now. <laughs> well. Um, and that actually brings up a good point, which is that the temple is closed to visitors. It is only yeah. members, uh, in good standing and even, well, yeah, in good standing who are able to get a temple recommend to go in and partake of the wonderful spiritual, um, instruction that takes place there. The the beautiful sacrament um, that is the the temple ceremony. <laughs> exactly, and the Salt Lake City Temple um, has uh, historically held on to a tradition. Um, it and only there's only one other temple that does this. They have live 
uh, sessions, meaning they have actors who are portraying the roles in this little play thing that they're putting on that you're supposed to be learning from. And we don't need to get into the stories of like everything that's in it. Um, but suffice it to say, it's like a three and a half hour ordeal. Um, and I, yeah. I went one time to see it and okay, whatever. <laughs> it was fine. Um, it's just old people who are like volunteers at the temple acting out the parts of like Adam and Eve. Right. It, it, just it's doing this terrible play. <laughs> you have to just suspend your disbelief. Um, and, and, and your attention span. <laughs> well, well, anyway, um, the LDS church announced, uh, just this last week that they are part of the renovation. Uh, they are going to modernize, uh, both of these two remaining temples, uh, and switch to the filmed presentation version <laughs> of the same horrible play. Um, because let me tell you something. Uh, as the god awful movie guys can tell you, Mormons can make a movie. <laughs> They're real, real good at it. <laughs> anyway, and it's sort of a little interactive thing, you know, like the the movie plays for a minute, and then like it'll stop after a little while, and then like the they're you know the officiants I can't remember what the temple workers come around and they they do their little handshaky things and it's all really weird um, and you have to yeah. like change your costume and everything halfway through it just look up the videos it's amazing uh, yeah. but um, they're by switching out to a filmed presentation it means that people will no longer because part of the the old way of doing it is you would be in a room with these grand murals right that depicted sort of the the space right that you were in right so there was like each of the rooms represented one of the kingdoms of heaven yes and well and also um like there was like the creation room there was the garden room right the garden like so there was like i think there was a creation room that may i might be conflating a couple things but there was like there was definitely like a garden room and so it was like there were like all these animals like the garden of eden was painted all around you and everything right right and and i'm sure in the 1890s this was a great innovation right that it was like oh wow this is wow we get to see our imaginations can can run forth you know but um but nonetheless, they're not going to be getting up and moving around anymore to the to all these these rooms with these old murals, and right. so they have they'll just go in and you watch the whole presentation in one room. So instead of preserving all the murals and going and doing it in the garden room, you will yeah. or or whichever of the other rooms, they have decided just to strip the the, the walls of these murals from the 1890s that they have painstakingly kept up and maintained for 130 years and they're you know like okay so it's behind locked doors and the public can't go see these things but they're still important cultural artifacts and the church hundreds of people go through and would go through and see them every day and the church in just sort of their grand, like boring fashion would just rather have the walls painted some shade of beige. I'm pretty sure that the new Mormon aesthetic and Mormonism has always had something of this, but they've moved even deeper into this in recent years. Their entire aesthetic is that uh, interesting is a little too spicy for them. (laughs) Yeah. 
and they and, and they make this argument and it's not made in this article but like it's this thing where they don't want you to be distracted from or their argument is that they don't they don't want you to be distracted from what's important right so they're <laughs> so so their their chapels are just bland and boring because they want you focused on jesus right not the architecture oh, yeah right because trust me nothing makes you focus on jesus more than just your eyes glazing over and crossing <laughs> and you're like nobody's focused on jesus yeah. at least when you go into a beautiful catholic cathedral yeah. you know you walk into notre dame you notice Jesus. Yeah. Like you're thinking about Jesus. <laughs> no kidding. And what's great about a you know, a, a space like that is that because it is beautiful, right? Um anybody can appreciate it and go and have right. a and have a, a a meaningful experience wandering around and looking at the art or looking at the sculpture or just the architecture or the stained glass windows or whatever, right? I yeah. love going to see big beautiful old cathedrals right i love yeah. it and i don't i don't believe in jesus the, even cool new cathedrals you know oh, you yeah. see an amazing yeah. modern yes. building yes uh, there's agreed. some there can be something stunning about that agreed and awe inspiring yeah well mormons apparently are allergic to awe yeah. so i'm very glad that they're getting rid of the uh, the murals it might accidentally inspire someone i know and you i mean they clearly at one time cared about these things right yeah the things that we're talking about here about cathedrals i mean the salt lake temple there's a reason that tourists come to look at that temple right it's an yeah. interesting building i wouldn't say it's a beautiful building but it's an interesting building that you know you don't typically i kind of like it you i think it's a cool building i don't think it's all that great but i like <laughs> the other pioneer era temples i think like manti and saint george yeah. Um, and like what's Logan. Those are those are really cool old buildings. Yeah. Um, and you see old Mormon chapels around town that somehow have survived the wrecking ball because they right. they love just to tear them down and put up one of their Motel 6 styled ones. Right. Yeah. Like and yes, by the way, European listeners, we know that our version of old is not actually old. <laughs> old for us. Give us a break. We're talking we're a new like country. pioneer era, though. You know, yeah, we're talking. We're talking or, eighteen blah, 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 or close 50s, thereafter. 80s. Like even like the early nineteen yeah. hundred chapels. Yep, and they just they can't. They have no appreciation for it. They have to be no. forced into saving these old buildings. No, I mean, you know, as anyone who's studied uh, Mormon history knows, they, they're not overly fond of their history. There's a lot of negative sides to their history, so I can see maybe why they associate their buildings with that. You know, there's something interesting there, actually. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Anywho, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. I am now going to talk about evangelical Christians uh, here in these United States. And a very interesting study that came out uh, recently, just published in the Journal of for the Scientific Study of Religion, mm -hmm. uh, which is a journal I'm surprised I don't take. I feel like we should, you and I should probably have a subscription to that journal. But anyway, <laughs> um, this paper is titled. Well, do I want to say the title? Yeah, here's the title. Linking evangelical subculture 
and phallically insecure masculinity using Google searches for male enhancement. <laughs> Literally, <gasps> what they've done oh, no. is linked. They've they've controlled for a whole bunch of other possible links, and they've they've done a they've linked areas of the country with uh, the the number of evangelicals in that area and the number of Google searches for how to make your penis bigger. What? And apparently it lines up pretty solidly. There is a, a statistically significant lineup there, <laughs> a correlation. Now, uh, we all know oh. that correlation is not causation. Fair. But yeah. the authors of this paper theorize that there is uh the there is some sort of uh pro there's there is some sort of emphasis within the evangelical uh community on hyper masculinity on big size on manly men uh and somehow this this i mean so the 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 findings say um there is important insight beyond the potential psychic damage that could be associated with subcultural views that equate masculine worth with physical size and strength, either centering on or symbolized by the penis. Wow. I so, mean, just wow. I'm speechless. I, I'm... I, it's just I'm it, trying it's to so absorb funny to me this 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 idea because <laughs> right? because it 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 doesn't uh it surprises me that somebody did the study so specific <laughs> right but the findings don't really surprise me no i mean look evangelical christianity as much as maybe any religion but most religions are looking to find a way to make you feel inadequate. Yeah. It's how they it's how they get you. It's how the mind fuck works. You're not enough. You're not sufficient. You have to go through us to be okay, to be acceptable. Right. And that's and and so uh, you know, usually that takes the form of you're sinful, you're bad and uh you know, and often it's about sexuality. And I think we're going to talk a lot about uh the evangelical view of sexuality in our final segment today. Yeah. But I think that, uh, the fact that it has played out this way and that evangelical men are apparently feeling so like belittled and so much pressure to have a big dong that they're like, what a sad thing that they literally, the messaging is so clear that you're not enough that it plays out in like guys views of their own penis size. Yeah. Wow. Can we, uh, can we, by the way, as just as a, as a rule, can we lay off of the whole big dick energy concept? The entire, let's not ever, ever say, equate big or small dicks with anything of worth or value, please. Everybody. Yeah. It's her. Like literally, it's making men crazy. Yeah. And the last thing we need in this country is more crazy men. Right. We we don't need 
any men feeling any more insecure and fragile well, than they already are. Right. I mean, you can't make trucks any bigger. So like, right? <laughs> like, where are they going to go? Where they got to go we, get their? They finally have to just get their penises enlarged. That's yeah. <laughs> so let's let's all just agree that like everybody's penis is great, yeah. just the way it is, I, and I, uh, and no longer make that a thing. I really want to see like big dick Jesus though, like just you know like actual <laughs> like big bulge Jesus. You know, he's out there. He's up there. You know, he's out he's there. He's up there on the cross, and there's just something peeking out under the loincloth. You know, like you know, they say he was hung. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that coming. <laughs> How did I not see that coming? Oh, oh there you go. God, that's funny. All right. Uh, well, listen, kids. Uh, if you'd like to uh, talk about your penis, uh, that's a big no, no, don't do that. No. But if you'd like to talk about anything else, uh, please feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. We got more show coming up. Dan, hey, there's a voice we haven't heard in a while on the show that we need to uh, hear. Well, yeah, because it's we, a I wonderful think, voice. I think we may have played him almost exactly a year ago. Mm, because early pandemic, if you'll, if you'll recall, this is one year. Uh, we, we're about at the one year mark when the United States started to lock the fuck down and everybody was talking about yeah. this pandemic. Right. And boy, did E.W. Jackson just know that he was going to be okay. <laughs> right. He had some shit to say about that. Uh, and we're going to play the shit that he had to say about that right now. Um, by the way, thanks to uh, Hammond Meadow over the friendly atheist who, uh, who put these two clips together. Um, and then uh, and now he has something different to say uh, from this week. So... We'll just uh, we'll just com do a little compare and contrast and uh, and see what we think about it. I don't have the coronavirus. I'm not gonna get the coronavirus. I'm not gonna give anybody the coronavirus because I can't get it because I talked to God about it and I'm taking my vaccine and my vaccine is Psalm 91. I am free from that mess. Amen. Amen. And I declare you can be free from it too. And now the recent clip. Yeah, who knows? Every now and then you might get hit too. But you don't stay hit. Yeah, I had COVID, but I still tell you what, I didn't stay sick. You're looking at me right now, I'm doing just fine. I hear about all these the lingering problems and symptoms. I didn't have any. Didn't have to go to the hospital. Didn't have to have a ventilator. And I'm 69 years old. It's because I believe in the healing power of God. <laughs> God, <laughs> you know that healing power of God, isn't that amazing? It's yeah, uh, yeah, it is amazing. I, I, yeah, it's. Powerful. I really think he might have missed a bit of a trick there because he said before the thing he can't get it. But, <laughs> you know, fine, fine, fine. Well, at least he didn't I, die. You know, he didn't die, and he he didn't go on a ventilator. So, oh God, so he I was guess like Psalm ninety one worked after all, right? 
So he was like the vast majority of people who get COVID-19, right? Right. And the clearly a huge number of the people in this country who still cannot grasp the concept that it wasn't, it was never about you just getting the light version of it. It was, and I should put that in quotes, the light version, because a lot of people who didn't wind up in the hospital still were very sick. And he may have been very very sick. sick, right? But nonetheless, that was never the point. The point was to stop the spread. Keep people yeah. from dying. This fu- Like, I was thinking about this earlier this week, Dan, which mm. is this this number of people, and I haven't been keeping track of it, but it's well over half a million people. Um, and, and I was like, you know what? Like, I am going to have, because I was thinking about going back to normal, right? Mm. Oh, isn't it going to be great? We're going to be able to go out and be out in public and everything. And I'm like, yeah, but then I have to be around all those people that I'm going to have a really hard time forgiving because though it is their reaction, right. That led to over half a million people dying. Yeah. There were going to be a lot of people no matter what, but it didn't have to be over half a million people. Yeah. And I, and I know I have to do some work here because I have to figure out how to live in this country with these people. I know. Well, I mean, the good news is, and maybe this isn't good news, you, the, you won't know who they are for the most part. Mm, every time I, will, I drive down to Utah County, I know who they are. Well, that's true. But <laughs> like everyone in Utah who, County, <laughs> I already hate anyway. So right. that doesn't matter that's at all. What, yeah, okay, fair enough. But what, you know, I, and by the way, everybody, if you meet me and Frank and you disagree with us on masks, don't tell us that's that's the advice if you thought that the whole thing with covid was bullshit and uh i'm guessing you don't because you listen to us uh but if that's happened if that happens to be your stance yeah it's really a good idea not to tell us about that (laughs) anywho uh hey some folks decided to call into us we had a bit of a snafu with the oh, email recently God. so if you sent something in important to us and you probably we're did. working on sorting it out i am so sorry but uh our email provider decided to play at some crazy shenanigans yeah so we're working on transporting our stuff to a different email provider yeah but for right now uh shenanigans continue and we're still in a bit of a quagmire so Bear with us. Yeah. All right. So, uh, but we did get some voicemails. Yes, indeed. So we want to play a couple of those. Uh, This first one is from Jesse. And Dan, do you remember this character, Korahor, from the Book of Mormon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jesse's got a question about that. Hi, Frank and Dan. It's Jesse from Denver. I am am soon to be Jesse of Grand Junction. So cross your fingers for me. Uh, I was listening to the Mommy Doomsday podcast, and they talk a little bit about Mormon theology. Specifically, they talk about Korahor, and that seems kind of significant, you know, the Mormon Antichrist. So I got two questions. Um, first of all, uh, what was it like when you were growing up? Um, were you all scared of Mormon Antichrist? Is that a is that a thing people are scared of? And then um, Korahor is just kind of a funny name. So I was just wondering if you guys call each other that for fun. Um, here's an example sentence. Uh, uh, Dan, I can't believe you drank my last White Claw. Why do you have to be such a Korahor? Anyway, thanks. Love the show. Bye. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. 
no, I can say I've I've actually never heard anyone use Korra Horror no. in that way. But they should, and it's, oh, it's a also, shame. Also, uh, from our perspective, kind of a compliment. Like, right? Korra Horror, I mean, he was just uh, kind of an atheist character, right? Yeah, he, the, was, the, he was the skeptic of the, of, yeah. of the story. And so, so, like, the Book of Mormon refers to him as an antichrist, um, because he claimed that there would be no Christ because the Book of Mormon, this part of the Book of Mormon, well, yeah, that part of the Book of Mormon takes place before Jesus. Um, and, uh, and he goes, but, but one of the interesting things that is, is a, I thought such a great detail in the Korahor story is that he was able to preach these views because he, there was freedom of religion yeah right and so like there's this there's like this message in the book of mormon that i'd never really thought about where it clearly prefers like like churches and uh priests and whatnot being in charge um and not you know just freedom of religion look what this guy got to do because of freedom of religion he got to go around and say untrue things right he got to say whatever he wanted to say what a horrible (laughs) world that this is that we live in amazing um and then we have uh another listener who called in uh in response to our um our kind of our, our our call out for um posing the question of who would you cancel from the bible and he's ah. got a, he's got an interesting one hey guys i love the show uh just calling to tell you who I want to cancel from the Bible. Uh, I'd like to cancel Nimrod, and I don't actually know anything about the, the character or whatever you call him, but uh, it is my secret Mormon temple name. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so everybody that goes through the mormon temple just as some background for all y'all is uh, everyone that goes through the mormon temple gets a secret name mm-hmm. and they try to make it seem all special and every and and like very unique to you it is and they don't tell you that it's the same name that they gave to everybody else that day yeah uh, yeah, they, but they're mostly biblical. Some of them are Book of Mormon names. Well, the the for the women in particular, they're just pulling anything because like, well, because there are just aren't enough names in the Book of Mormon right. and, the, and the Bible of women, right? And so, yeah. um, so some of them are are kind of early pioneer cultural, right? Like, there's no sure. Emma in the Bible or Book of Mormon, right? And I know that's one of them. Oh yeah, so. there you go. But named after uh, Joseph Smith's wife yeah, there. exactly. So, yeah, Nimrod, I don't know that story either. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very funny thing. And, what a, you know, I think that I'm going to do... But what a great... this You're you're sitting there, you're like, I'm getting my new name. I'm. Yeah. This is so exciting. This is the name by which I will be <laughs> called forth on the morning of the first resurrection. Yeah. In heaven, this is how I'm going to be known. Your new name is... Nimrod. <laughs> uh, can I get a? Can I get another one? <laughs> could I come? Okay, like, you, now your new name is Poindexter. <laughs> yeah, Nimrod. I love it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to do our listener a favor. Okay, and I by 
using the holy Melchizedek priesthood, which I've never held, I'm going. I I erase the name Nimrod from your eternity and replace it with Korahor. (laughs) Your new temple name is Korahor. Go forth and be fruitful and multiply, or don't. Don't do that, actually, or do whatever you want. Uh. Anyway, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, Do we have some people to thank? We do indeed, Dan. We actually have three new patrons this week um, that that we need to thank. And they these are people who went to thankgodimatheus.com and clicked on the support tab and, uh, and then presumably signed up on Patreon. Um, so we have two new deacons. Uh, we have Steve and Beatrice. Uh, so thank you so much to the both of you. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. And we have a new teacher uh, by the name of Crystal. And Aww, so thank Crystal. you to you. Uh, these three now get to like pass the sacrament and set up the <laughs> sacrament. Like yeah, they're gonna have a good time. They hold the holy priesthood <laughs> that you and I held when we were twelve. <laughs> it's very important stuff, you guys. <sighs> and as- and and there. So that first of all, you've got that kind of magic mm, going for you. Yeah. Why do I get such a? I do get a little bit of extra pleasure every time we. Pretend to give the priesthood to a woman. I know. Like every time, know. it just feels extra <laughs> Delightful. good. So yay! <laughs> well, and as always, Dan, we have uh, we have to thank our top donor, Dan, and we got a new one our recently. Lo- this is oh my god! This is our Lord and Savior. Hallowed be His name, Austin. Dan? Dan? Yes. Dan? Hello. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Um, Something horrible happened this week. Um, In this country? In this country. Um, We never get bad things happening in this, the best of all possible countries. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure everybody has heard heard about what happened in in Atlanta um, with the... uh, But but if you haven't, just the briefest of recaps... Uh, a very young man, uh, shocking to learn that he was a young white man, uh, went into a series of uh, massage parlors yeah. or spas and uh, murdered people. Right. Just murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. Mostly uh, Asian women. Yeah. Eight eight people were killed. Six were 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 Asian. Yeah. So um, and so there there's the side of it that is responding to the rise in uh in asian hate in this yes. country at the moment and that i i i don't like they haven't really gotten to his motives yet um right but yeah it we is, can't we we can't speak to his motives but uh, boy the the way that it's rocked the asian community is just um really awful um well and it, it thanks to fuckstick Macbeth yeah. Mac last president like <laughs> Literally all of like the Asian community has been yeah. taking it on the chin for over a year just because he wants to paint, you know, the pandemic as, you know, Kung flu and yeah. and the China virus yeah. and all of this stuff. Yeah. And then uh, and then all of his followers decided that that means that every Asian person that they encounter should probably be harassed. Yeah, I mean, it definitely turned up the dial. It's not like America has been a great place 
to Asian Americans. Um, no, know, I mean, through the, yeah, the through racism the, existed the before. Right. You're like, right. Like, you know, I mean, we, there's a problematic history and, and, but nonetheless, that's not really what we want to talk about. We want to talk about this young man's 21 year old, I believe he is. Um, yeah. Something like that. The, the shooter. And what's sort of coming out now about what a religious nut job, um, he, is um yeah i mean or at very least what we know is a very religious upbringing he himself uh proclaimed himself to be very religious yeah. very into his uh his baptist beliefs well but the thing he's 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 already on record for you know his motivation like what his stated motivation which is he he claims to be like a sex addict who sees these uh, massage parlors, um, which, you know, there are a lot of massage, quote unquote, massage parlors out there. Um, and he sees them as temptations, right? Right. For the, the, to, to go and have sex at these. Right. Because a lot of the, the, the truth is that a lot of massage parlors and these ones I'm guessing he probably has been to them and had sex. Probably. A lot of them are yeah. kind of fronts for sex work. Exactly. Because yeah. that's, yeah. So here's the thing. We, yeah, what we've got is a kid who has been told his whole life that his own sexuality and his drive to have sex right. is abhorrent. Right. His norm, his sexual urges are an affront to his God and mm -hmm. are, uh, are, are evil. And the problem, and look, I sympathize with, with young guys who feel sexually frustrated. It sounds to me like he are, he had this venue where he could at least get some, some sort of relief from that frustration. It sounds like he was going to these places. Uh, we don't know that, but I'm guessing that's the it case. Is, like it w would seem to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, this is, there, there are a lot, there's a lot to unpack about this whole thing. And yes, the racism is a, is a big component. Just the fact that he's a white male in this society that teaches white men to aggress their mm. negative feelings rather yeah. than to process them. Yeah. To take any kind of negative feelings that they have and bottle them up and then turn them into a, a violent act mm. rather than ever self-confronting. Mm -hmm. These are all huge problems. And America has a white male problem. Yeah. I think white men are a fucking issue in this country and we're not dealing with it. You know the 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 people who raise, uh, who who raised this guy, when he needed to be, to know that he was safe and to know that he was supported and okay, instead he was told that he was not okay and that he can't have feelings and a whole bunch of other things. Right. But then, because he went to fucking Baptist church. He was told something extra, something even worse, which was that all of those, the, all of his sexuality, everything about him that could be considered sexual is evil. Mm. And I think that 
pathologizing your sex in that way mm. is well i mean it's very clearly dangerous yeah and this is and 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 this seems like a very obvious potential outcome of that kind of evangelical and people are going to hate that i'm going to use this term but toxic masculinity this sense that uh you know, it's the evangelicals basically teach, and, you know, I'm going to borrow from Chrissy Stroop, who wrote for Religion Dispatches here, who who grew up in evangelicalism and actually knows quite a bit about it, Who's who was talking about sort of the flip side of secular rape culture, which is religious purity culture. Mm. And that religious purity culture teaches boys that they are essentially lust monsters wow and girl and and teaches girls on the other side that it's their responsibility to uh to not enrage that lust monster by showing a shoulder or an ankle or you know by accidentally having sexual feelings of their own or yeah. you know it's it's somehow the ra this horrible monster lives in the men and the need to tame that, the responsibility for the actions of that monster, lives in the women. It makes sex terrifying. It casts it in this just absolutely horrible light, right? Sex and sexuality, 100%. right? Like it's just, it's yeah, so literally, fucking and, gross. You know, and then you know these guys pathologize everything hmm. so they have to hide any part of themselves that they that you know that's sexual so it goes underground so they go and they look at a lot of porn yeah and then and by the way studies have shown that you know religious men especially especially evangelical men are more likely to self-diagnose as sex addicted which this kid claimed to be or hmm. pornography addicted right when they're not they're just so desperately re repressed that they don't know what to think about their own feelings. They don't process their own feelings. It's just buried and it just becomes this evil sort of magma temperature core that they don't know what to do with. Right. Oh, and then you have a neighbor who describes the, the you know, the shooter's family. Um, they came across as a good Christian family. Uh, yeah. they used to go to church on a on, go to church on a regular basis and I've never seen anything bad out of them because they were well, good. Did you Christians. see his facial hair? What about that? Ooh, That's not good enough for you. Fuck. Don't look it up. <laughs> it's not good. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, uh, and that, because I mean, that's all it thing. also takes right to be a good person. Right. You, you just you put on a church. show. Yeah. You go to church and you get all this horrible things, you know, told to you about you and who you are and your motivations and, and how you're yeah. not good enough. You're, mm -hmm. you're evil. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is watching everything you do and judging everything you do. So yeah, if you slip up, if you feel that you really need to have sex and you go to a massage parlor and pay for that sex. Yeah. You're so bad that it would be better. Like this kid was clearly so addled in his brain mm. about this concept 
that it seemed a better idea for him to go and shoot other people yeah. to make this problem their problem, not his problem. Right. That made more sense than just, you know, maybe go to a therapist, maybe go to a whatever, or do some work on yourself. No, you can't do work on yourself. You got to, it's, yeah. It's, uh... <sighs> This is the nightmare. The nightmare is, look, the, yeah, this kid going and murdering a bunch of people is a nightmare, but the real nightmare is what is underneath it, what's mm -hmm. causing it, what's causing a, an epidemic problem throughout the country. Yeah. Well, and imagine I, the numbers of people who have enough of a compass to know that they can't go do this, but are suffering as this kid was suffering, right? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, look, on a much smaller scale, I was that kid. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I was so messed up about sex as a mm -hmm. kid. I would go out and, you know, I, I would, I, you know, I would have some sort of sexual encounter with a girl. Uh, not even, like, sort of the full penetrative sex thing, but, you know, I'll touch, I would touch somebody's boobs or something. And it was, and that could have just been a fun, playful, enjoyable moment for me yeah. you know learning about my sexuality learning about women on you know just exploring yeah and instead it was torturous and yeah. i would rack myself about it and spend the next several weeks praying to god begging for forgiveness mm. knowing that i was a shit human being and then the the realizing on the cake is that then i was awful to the woman to the girl because I would be like we can never do this again and I would put my fucking guilt I I never blamed the other girl the girl so at yeah. least I can say I didn't go that far but I would like I would you know I would pour my guilt all over her right. about my own actions and so you know it, it it's not like that's any a pleasant thing to have happen <laughs> it was I was awful it was a nightmare and it took me decades mm. to extract it and there's still shit in me from this religious up you know from mm -hmm. yeah because high pressure you know I, sex is evil type religious yeah. upbringing is poison that works its way into every part of your psyche yeah that's true and you had the added benefit of being gay so like what a fucking mind fuck it is then <laughs> well thanks for reminding me of it um well, I mean, <laughs> no. you, I live it. I live it every day. No, thank <laughs> for reminding me of the mind fuckery of the whole thing, like the years of of agony. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean the, yeah. and it's so unnecessary. Yeah, all of that agony, all of that pain that all of these people are going through. Yeah. Uh, you know, men going through. It's a very different experience what women go through, but. Yeah equally agonizing this purity culture bullshit where you know all of the responsibility somehow falls on women mm -hmm. and you know in this case it's again the responsibility falling on the women and they're yeah. killed for it yeah i think it's it is such an ugly stupid unnecessary thing that is basically just religion's fault i mean yeah you 
you hit the nail on the head, I think. Like, I mean, I, I think that, I don't even know that we need to say much more, right? Like, yeah. like that's the point. That's, that is what went wrong. That's what led to this. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that you can, that, that as more details come out, there might be some, um, you know, hatred toward Asian Americans worked in there. Yeah. Um, or Asians in and there general. May, there might but be like, any number of other right. things. And who knows? We could be entirely wrong about this guy right. and still not be wrong about the, the conclusion. There you go. Yep. Because Absolutely. the fact of the matter is that this is happening all over the place, regardless of this guy. Yep. He, this is just like, you know, one instance where it went as horribly awry as it could possibly go. Yeah. Ooh. So well, on there that you go. Note, have a good rest of your day or night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, there's not there's not a, an uplifting message here. Other than guess what? We are actually slowly in this country, gently and uh, annoyingly slowly, getting rid of the religion yeah. and learning more and more from the science. So onward and upward. Get out there. Believe the science. Don't believe the religion and and uh and you know things will just get better and better and uh and and there you go so if you have anything you'd like to add to this conversation uh you can be a big bummer just like we are <laughs> and write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message um tell us how religion fucked you over yeah. um the telephone number is 424-666-8442 yeah, hey, look, go to the Facebook page. I know you're not on Facebook anymore. Nobody is, but do it anyway. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. Click the like button. And if you'd like to join the Members Only Lounge on Facebook, you can do so by going to our website instead. ThankGodImAtheist.com slash Members Only, and it will take you to the Members Only Lounge. Like magic. Yeah, and like then you should also- Fucking magic. And then you should also follow us on Twitter at TGI Atheist. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.